Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 21, beginning in verse 1. When they came near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples. We are reminded here once again that Jesus was not simply tripping into his destiny. He had a plan. He had a calling, a mission to fulfill. It was for this time that he had come. Everything he had done and taught was leading up to this. The cross was waiting. The redemption of mankind was driving him forward. In the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, the prophecy is given predicting the exact date that the long-awaited Messiah would arrive in Jerusalem. Jesus, upon entering the city that day, offered mankind the only choice for the Savior of the world. Jesus saw to it that he arrived right on cue. And by doing so, he closed the door on all the would-be messiahs that would follow throughout the ages. If Jesus was not the Messiah, then there never would be one for all of time. Verse 2 of the text goes on saying to them, Go into the village that is opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king comes to you, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went, verse 6, and did just as Jesus commanded them. Now this errand was likely executed with little if any fanfare. No doubt little thought was given by those who went to fetch the donkey for Jesus. Yet ironically, they were unwittingly participants in a profound prophetic event. In fulfillment of Zechariah 9.9, Jesus had specific directives to fulfill throughout his life, including this triumphal entry, as it is often referred to. These men who went to retrieve these animals were playing an important role in that prophetic fulfillment, even though they were not named and were, for the most part, forgotten in the pages of history. We must come to the realization that there is no inconsequential task when it is executed at the direction of our Lord. The world may forget such obedience, but God does not. We must ask ourselves if we want to be used or do we want to be seen. Verse 7. And they brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them, and he sat on them. A very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. One is easily struck by the starkly humble entrance of our Messiah. 
even his transportation was borrowed. Instead of coming on a white stallion as a conquering general, he came on a colt as was customary for royalty. While mankind, even the apostles, has always been somewhat confused as to the role of this ruler and the form of his kingdom, Jesus, however, was always clear as to his place. The masses, they cried out, Hosanna, which essentially means save now. These who ushered Jesus into this part of his journey recognized and heralded the arrival of the son of David, which is an open acknowledgement of his deity and position. Verse 10 says, when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was stirred saying, who is this? As in any mass crowd, there was a multitude of opinions here also. There are always those who have not considered the full ramifications of their accepted belief system. We are told herein that the city was moved. Moved. In the Greek, that means seismos. That's the word. This is where we get our word seismograph, among others. And they all refer to the same thing, and that is the idea of earthquakes. I think that's a fitting description of the effect that Jesus had and has on the world around us. Those outside of this triumphant display ask the most basic question, one which, by the way, is critically important. Who is this? Interesting question at this juncture for the answer to that question, well, it is the answer to life itself. Verse 11 says, the multitude said, this is the prophet Jesus from the Nazareth of Galilee. Sadly, the people herein were only partially correct. But even sadder is the fact that so many even today still only have it half right. A prophet? Well, yes. But oh, so much more. Because a prophet cannot redeem us. A prophet is not God in flesh. A prophet may know what is going to happen, but he can't control what is going to happen. If the one we hold in highest esteem is not God, but merely a wise man, then our loyalty is apt to be short-lived and lacking in depth. Such was made manifest even in those who cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David, only to, in just a few short days later, chant with equal conviction, Crucify him. Crucify him. Have you ever wondered just how that could even have occurred? Maybe because they never saw Jesus as anything more than a prophet. Who do you say he is? Who are you worshiping? Beginning in verse 12, it says, Jesus entered into the temple of God and he drove out all of those who sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the money changers tables and seats of those who sold the doves. Now herein we have, for the second time in his earthly ministry, Jesus going into the temple grounds to, well, clean house. Apparently, Jesus was going to end his earthly ministry much in the same way that he began it. It seemed he hadn't changed his mind about these things. 
nor had he softened as the years went by. One needs to understand a little bit of what's going on in the world of religion in those days of Jesus. Certainly it was the full demonstration of man's control of God's house, and it wasn't pretty. Many people in the days of Christ would have to travel over great distances to come to the Passover festival. Each were required by religious law to bring the prescribed animal for sacrifice, and that animal sacrificed would cover that individual or his family, the sin of that individual or family for yet another year. Now, of course, those who were in charge of this system had bastardized the way it was run. They set up shop in the lobbies of the temple and they sold their perfect quote-unquote animals to all those who had traveled so very far to just be right with their creator. You see, these individuals at the temple doors, they feigned the need for a more perfect sacrifice under the false pretense that the one that the people brought obviously wasn't good enough, that that sacrifice was flawed. Then these false leaders would forcibly sell their sacrificial animals to these unwitting souls, of course, at a hefty inflated price. And if that wasn't bad enough, they would get them again on the exchange rate for converting their Roman money to temple money to buy the very animals that they were buying. After all, I mean, come on, we can't expect God to deal in Roman money, right? Today, these highway robbers are still out there, by the way, attempting to convince us that we too need a different sacrifice. This because the humble but grand offering of Christ and our simple offering of ourselves is not what they want. That brings them no power or gain. So they are out there even yet today. But Jesus showed us how we are to deal with them. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.